0: Welcome to the one and only Circle City Cinema with your host and the one and only Zach Griffith. Welcome into Circle City Cinema. I am your host, Zach Griffith, and I'm joined as always on the Marvel Recaps by the founder, Alex Burr. Alex, how are you
1: doing? Well, it hasn't been as always the last couple of weeks. weeks. Um, I've been a little busy doing some <laughs> other stuff the last two weeks. But uh, Zach, I couldn't be happier to be back.
0: You know, I'm really excited for this one because uh, you, you said before the show, uh, it's been like two weeks at least since you and I have hooked up for one of these.
1: Yeah. And let's face it, Zach, with how much we've talked in 2021, it just feels like too long of a time <laughs> for us to not hear each other's voices on Zoom. I mean, just given the the amount of Marvel content we've done together and NBA content, frankly, yeah, you know, all it, kinds, all kinds. So we're, we're we're real diverse here, you know. I'm a I'm a two true outcomes player right now, you know. <laughs> just need the just need to find the strikeouts, and then we'll we'll have all three outcomes. But a little baseball joke for you, Zach.
0: A Little baseball joke. Uh, our own Caleb Lynn would appreciate that a lot. But uh, Alex, Cardinals guys, suck. Cardinals suck. The Redbirds suck. Never forget it. But folks folks, uh, the news. There's just too much news this week to ignore. Uh, Alex, Amazon's Lord of the Rings Season 1 will cost at least $465 million, according to The Hollywood Reporter. Speaking of baseball, Alex, I think it's about what Mike Trout's getting paid right now. Yeah? It's
1: uh, like two Alex Rodriguez contracts.
0: Yeah. <laughs> it would be the most expensive show in all, of all time, and it's only one season. Alex, uh, I'll ask you this first since uh, you're a big Game of Thrones guy and you got me onto it. Do you think Amazon is trying more to replicate the throne success or do you think they're actually trying to add on to uh, add a worthwhile story to this franchise? That's tough.
1: I think that it could be like, like, I mean, Game of Thrones obviously was huge. But at least, unlike Game of Thrones, the source material is finished. You know, So they have that added advantage where, you know... Listen, there's a lot of blunders wrong with the last season. That might have been the way that George wanted it. George R.R. Martin. But, I mean, it just... You could blame the showrunners for the failures because... Or you could blame the showrunners and George for the failures if it didn't work. Like yeah. the last season. So... It's tough. I think that, like I said, at least the source material is finished. But my problem with this Zach is that the three Lord of the Rings movies are practically perfect. I've only seen them once each, but like for three-hour movies, Zach, they move at like the speed of sound.
0: I gotta, I gotta say, I think I've said it before on the record, and I'll say it again now: best trilogy of films. To, uh, pound for pound that there's ever been. I put them up against anyone else, any other it's, trilogy.
1: It's really hard to dispute that. Like, they're all three
0: perfect movies. And that's saying
1: something because you have. Just all three of those movies are perfect. And yes, they do move at the speed of sound. So you hope that maybe having a TV show will help. Because that's why Game of Thrones worked better as a show than a movie. Because the books... Zach, you've picked up the first Game of Thrones book. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) They had to to split the fourth Game of Thrones book into two separate books. Because the binding literally couldn't fit them all into one book. It was impossible. (laughs) Damn it, George. Yeah, and George has taken... 11 years to put out a new book. So um, we're not talking about someone who's really organized. The thoughts here, <laughs> but listen, they, it could be curious to see what they do. That would be different than the movies. I would have to assume the one season covers all three of the books, right? Like, was that the presumption we're going under here?
0: It is actually a, uh, from everything I've read, it's actually a prequel. It takes place uh, like a, like during Sauron's rise to power. So we're talking like a thousand years before, uh, the fellowship got together. You know,
1: we're talking like a thousand years before the Hobbit then too.
0: Yeah. I think, yeah. Yeah. I mean, Hmm. it's, and I've always wanted to see, I'm not a huge Lord of the Rings guy. I obviously love it. Uh, but I, I'm not a huge, like diehard fan. I'm a fan. I just don't follow it religiously, but, uh, I'm I'm excited for it because I've always the Sauron rise to power thing is kind of something I've always wanted to see and I like the I like a villain origin story. I don't know about you, but I I always enjoy that.
1: Yeah, it's interesting now that you're saying that, but I think that like I again I haven't read the game or I haven't read the Lord of the Rings books because it just is like daunting and the songs are awful. Awful.
0: I <laughs> have it's a uh, hobbit singing. <laughs> yeah. <Or eating>. It's,
1: <laughs> it's terrible. <laughs> like the that's why the movies are so much better than the books. There's none of those bullshit songs. <laughs> <laughs> or I never finished Fellowship of the Rings, so I can't actually say. Uh but, in the Hobbit trilogy, there there are. There are songs too, yes. I finished yes. <sighs> I finished... I don't know why they made that a trilogy when the book was like 300 pages, uh, but...
0: I can, you, I can tell you why.
1: Yes, I can tell you why, too, but... <laughs> um, like, the the Game of Thrones lore, like, this is the difference, right? Like, all the prequels, George has taken a lot of care, like, say what you will, and there's a lot of criticisms to be levied at George R. R. Martin's expense. He has taken careful care to cultivate, like, lore, right? And make a history and define the history of his stories. Like... I could tell you, you could look up what happened, you know, um, spoilers, what happened with John's father and John's father and mother, which is now common knowledge because of the show. And I'm not going to spoil that particular aspect of it, but you can look up what happened and you'll know, like, there's a definitive history. Like, George has everyone's name sorted out. Like, he has a lot of stuff. Like, he is very detailed in his histories. And I think that's that and the show getting to make the John parentage reveal was why he, I don't think he wants to finish the book. Like, cause there's tainted. He
0: He thinks it's tainted.
1: He writes too damn much too. So I don't, I don't blame him for not wanting to finish the books, but I don't think that people have that kind of general history with Lord of the Rings. I could be mistaken. There's a pretty good chance I'm mistaken actually, but I think that if they have good, you know, a good story, then I think it'll be fine. Yeah. I've, as long as the story's good, people will like it. It's never, you know, the 465 million, I'm presuming, is for graphics, like CGI stuff.
0: Yeah. 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 I would assume like, so.
1: That's the crazy thing about the Lord of the Rings movie, Zach. The CGI holds up all these years later. I watched it for the first time in 2020, and it held up
0: all these years later. If you watch it on an HDTV or a 4K TV, it is. It's honestly breathtaking. It holds yeah. up. It holds up phenomenally well. Peter Jackson. I. It's it's weird to say because he won a ton of Oscars for the third one, but I still I don't think he gets enough credit for what what he did. This was a total. This is a hugely complex story, you know. And he managed to pack. Yes, they're long movies, but he managed to pack them down into three years of movies. And like I said, best. I think it's the best trilogy of all time, and I. I don't even know what would be second place honestly. Maybe the Star Wars original trilogy.
1: Yeah, that's I think that's what I was going to say. Yeah. Like just cuz none of those three movies are bad. No. And and obviously I'm not saying any of them aren't all of them are very good at a baseline. And obviously New Hope changed cinema the way that we know it. Empire yeah. Strikes Back with all-time classic twists. Yeah. And then Return of the Jedi ties with, all you the know,
0: loose ends. Yeah. Up.
1: So I think that that's probably second. That was that would have been an interesting thing to do, with have us rank our trilogies, but obviously we're, yeah. a, little, <laughs> we're a little far into the pod, but uh, What do you think uh
0: the Matrix trilogy would end up?
1: <laughs> I actually <laughs> shocker, I haven't seen the Matrix.
0: I Now that's on oh. HBO, I'm going to. But yeah, you got it. you got to check it out. That's that's another great one on uh on uh HD or 4K. That's that's a great one. But uh, don't, don't get your hopes up for the second and third one. That's all I'll say.
1: Uh, I mean, I'm not going to watch them. I've heard, <laughs> I've heard not great things about them.
0: <laughs> and yet I'm somehow still hyped for Matrix 4. So that's how much a de- uh, degenerate I am. Uh, moving on to some sadder news, Alex. Uh, Helen McCrory, the uh, renowned actress, has passed away at the age of 52. Uh, we will know her from uh, the Harry Potter films as Draco Malfoy's mother, Narcissa Malfoy. Uh, More recently, she's been Polly Gray in the Peaky Blinders. And uh, she was married to Damian Lewis, who you might know from Band of Brothers, Homeland, Billions. And he played Steve McQueen in Once Upon a Time in Hollywood uh, about a year and a half ago. So it's a tough, tough loss. A lot of tough uh, losses for Hollywood this year.
1: Yeah, um, I only know her as Narcissa Malfoy, but... (laughs) Listen, I, I want to watch Peaky Blinders and that's just sad. You know, I'm pretty sure they're in the middle of filming the last season, if I'm not
0: mistaken. I think so.
1: Because um, th- I think i heard that. But just all around sad loss, you know, 52 is basically not your prime, but you're like just exiting your prime. So
0: R.I.P. Helen McCrory. R.I.P. And um, some Marvel news, Alex, today. The first Shang-Chi and the Legend of the Ten Rings trailer dropped today. Expected to have a traditional theatrical release on September 3rd. Can you believe it?
1: I don't believe anything until it actually happens at this point, Zach.
0: (laughs) Hey, No Time to Die would have come out like eight times by now. Yeah, listen, (laughs) I'll believe
1: something's in a, like, being released in a theater when it's actually into the theater. So, yeah, I'll I'll believe
0: it when I'm on my ass in the theater. Right. Having paid twenty five bucks or twenty bucks to watch this movie. That's not, I'll, I'll,
1: believe I'll believe it when it's in theaters in California.
0: That's that's when I'll believe it's accurate Yeah, good point. Good point. Good point. Um, it was actually a fun fact. Originally scheduled for release on February twelfth of this year, which would have been the Chinese New Year, Alex. Mmm. How about that?
1: Yeah, it probably would have made more sense. But you know, obviously shit happens. <laughs>
0: shit happens. Uh what were your thoughts on the trailer? I thought it looked really cool. I saw um what appeared to be the real Mandarin. What did you, what did you think?
1: I thought that I'm very excited to see this movie. Listen, I'm very excited to see any MCU movies. It's definitely lower on my totem pole of hype, but I mean the action sequences look great. And plus there you know they definitely have something for us that like can, like I wouldn't even call myself a casual comic fan. Like non-comic readers, like me, would understand it. Like, so I think that I'm very excited for the movie. It looks good. Like the action sequence. Like the, what stood out to me was the action sequence in the trailer. Yeah, like, I, I really like that. But I think I'm very excited for Shang Chi and the um ten, and the Legend of the Ten Rings. I'm very excited for that movie.
0: You know, now that the now that Hydra is kind of dying out, I think the Ten Rings are going to take their place because Ten Rings is like. Uh, I don't know how to say this. They're they're like the ten. Uh, I don't know. They're they're pretty high up on the list of uh criminal organizations you don't want to uh trifle with. The
1: ten rings. Oh well, then that means it's gonna be even better. Then let's get let's get going on the on the Shang-Chi <laughs> because listen, you know anything that involves fighting people that are not to be trifled with found found to have me hooked. So
0: same here same here and uh this makes me wonder alex if uh we're gonna get in eternals trailer uh soon because you know speaking of game of thrones uh richard madden and kit harrington are in that movie angelina jolie's in that movie kumail uh i don't know how to say his last name but kumail nagiani kumail nagiani he's in that movie uh, Salma Hayek is in that movie. That just had one of the more loaded casts an MCU movie has had. And it's directed by Chloe Zhao, who directed uh, Nomad Land, which is maybe the frontrunner to win Best Picture this year. And she's definitely the frontrunner to win Best Director. So, watching Nomad Land last night, and then uh, I knew Chloe Zhao was directing The Eternals, but now it's like, how do you go from Nomadland, which felt like a documentary most for most of it, and The Eternals, which is the biggest franchise you could possibly ask for other than Star Wars. I just, I'm just i fascinated to see where she goes with this.
1: Listen, Zach, okay, we can talk about this movie all you want. Do you know why I'm excited for The Eternals? Do you want to know why? Why? It's the first time since 2010 that Jon Snow and Rob Stark are going to be on screen <laughs> together. And... <laughs> Let me tell you, buddy.
0: Fair point. Up.
1: Obviously, some things happened to Rob in between there. Um, spo- I'm not going to avoid it, just in case you want spoilers. he got married, right? Yeah, he got married. Um, you know, had a red wedding. Um, <laughs> listen, I just want John and John and Rob back on the screen together again. And yeah, I that's that's all I want. Like, I I'm excited for these other movies because I want MCU movies. I'm being purely selfish for that one. I don't care. I want. I want John and Rob back on the screen together.
0: Well, I can't, I can't blame you. I can't blame you. I'm just really interested to see uh, somebody like Chloe Zhao's take on on uh, a big budget movie like this. But uh, And finally, Alex, before we get into the episode, good things we've seen lately. I wanted to bring this segment back because uh, I've been slacking on the segment, honestly. I've been giving this segment the sack for no good reason. Uh, so what? Uh, what's something you've seen lately, TV or movie, that intrigued you? So I've
1: been on your ass about this. Yes, Invincible.
0: I love this show. You have been on my ass about this. I, 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 need to, I need to get my ass in gear and I actually watch it. Trust me.
1: You'll love it. And if you like, if you like takes on superhero stuff, that's different. You'll like this show. It's different in a couple of ways and I can't give them away. Cause our host hasn't seen them, but it's just has a lot of different takes on superhero stuff that I appreciate. And it's a lot, it's a lot bloodier than your typical superhero show a lot so i also um i haven't i only got one episode in because i'd watched falcon and the winter soldier and the new episode of invincible that came out last friday but i started the boys and i'm very intrigued
0: yeah i was gonna say i've seen um a few episodes of the boys i'm weird with tv man so i'll just i'll start a show and i'll fall out of it for no good reason but even when the show is really good like the boys But uh, uh, alternative superhero takes uh, Prime seems to be uh, knocking out of the park with this. Yeah,
1: yeah, I can't wait to get more into the boys when I have more time this weekend. But that's something I'm looking to dig into. And then I watched the Kill Bill movies yesterday.
0: Yeah,
1: yeah. Actually, I watched them on Saturday. What I'm
0: talking about.
1: Yeah, the Kill Bill. Listen, it's like one of those movies I can turn it on and I just I don't like really have to watch it all the way. It's like. It's weird to say Kill Bill is a comfort movie, but it's a comfort movie. <laughs> like I get it just it. I get it. It's it, it's every satisfying need that I want to see in a movie. And it's third. The Kill Bill, I count them as one movie. It's third on my uh, well, Tarantino list. You're not the
0: only one. So does the man himself.
1: I I would have it second if Pulp Fiction wasn't so great. But yeah. I've seen Kill Bill way more than I've seen Pulp Fiction. I think that Uma Thurman is perfect in that movie. Um, all the uh, Vipers are perfect in that movie. I love um, who's the guy that plays Bud? Um, Michael Madsen? Yeah, I yeah. wanted to say Michael Mann, but I'm like, that's not right. <laughs> Daryl maybe, Hannah's great. Maybe she deserved to die. Or <laughs> may- we deserved to die. But then she deserves to die too. Got shot full of rock salt. <laughs> and then David Carradine is Bill like great performance. Like he's the thing that's so great about the kill bill series to me is just how exaggerated. I, David Carradine and Uma Thurman carry the movie just because it's so exaggerated, exaggerated. And just the way Bill drags out every word. It's just like perfect. No, this is me at my most masochistic. Just the way he speaks. He has like a a weird way of speaking. I think it fits the movie so well. I think Tarantino I'm not going to say it's his best because he made Bastards and Pulp Fiction, but damn, <laughs> like, if that's not your top, then
0: you have an impressive fucking resume. It's, I mean, it's definitely one of his most underrated. It might be his most underrated. I know uh, there's a big Hateful Eight legion of fans out there. Uh, me, personally, uh, I'm not, Hateful Eight's good. Don't get me wrong. It's really good, but it's, it's down... It's above only Death Proof on my Tarantino rankings. If yeah, that, if that's and that's not—I mean, Death Proof uh, is not bad. It's just easily his worst.
1: I am not going to watch Death Proof to Death, Death Proof. Ugh. I'm not going to watch it. I'm not going to waste my time with that. Yeah. But I think that Tarantino is just so good as a director, and um, he is like it just shows with the movies, man. Like he's all of his movies have just been great. And I need to watch bastards again. Cause it's been a while since I've seen it. And that's my favorite by far yeah. of his. And you know, you can go back and watch the first 15 minutes of bastards and be completely enthralled. Totally. Like, it's probably the best opening scene in a movie.
0: It's I, it's up there. It's it probably, I mean, it's probably his best, right? It's cl- like opening it's the tough. Django is pretty good
1: yeah that too he's tarantino where did you have tarantino in your director hall of fame
0: he was uh in tier one just below god tier just below god tier that makes quite make god tier yeah (laughs) just because of the volume uh well for for context the only ones in god tier were marty kubrick coppola spielberg and then John Ford, who I believe won Best Director four times. Mm. Alfred Hitchcock and uh, Frank Capra. So, you know, if you're below those guys, that's that's nothing to be ashamed of. No, not at all.
1: What have you watched recently, Zach?
0: <laughs> well, last night I finished uh, the first season of True Detective. It, it was a rewatch for me. Um, I'm rewatching. Seasons one and two because I haven't seen season three yet with Marisha Ali. and uh, just as good the second time as it was the first time. Uh, I think this is honestly movies or TV. This is on McConaughey's uh, Mount Rushmore for me, True Detective. He was he was so good. He was. So I never good.
1: finished. I never finished season one, but that might be added to the list of things to do this weekend because if I don't have anything else to do, I mean only, I might as well. Only eight episodes. Yeah, I I know it's only 8 episodes. I like I could power through a 8 episode series like it was nothing. Like I watched Watchmen in like 3 days. So <laughs> there you go. Watchmen was 9. So
0: yeah. <laughs> and then uh the other one for me is Entourage. I've never seen Entourage. Mm. And I'm 2 episodes in and I'm I'm all in. I'm all in. Vincent Chase, Ari Gold, I'm I'm totally 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 in. Ready to see where Vincent Chase's career takes him.
1: Um, before we move on to Falcon and the Winter Soldier, there's this book. I don't know if you ever read it, Zach. It's an oral history of CAA and um the agency. And Ari Gold is based off of an agent. I don't remember what his name is in real life. Um W M E agent.
0: Isn't that Drew Rosenhouse? Isn't he a real No, no, it's not Drew Rosenhaus. Okay.
1: It's Ari Okay, Ari Gold inspiration. Like he's based off someone in real life. Ari Emanuel. Ah. Like he is a very big and he he formed Endeavor Talent Agency, which represents stars such as Vin Diesel
0: and Larry David. Hey, Vin Diesel, favorite yeah. of this podcast.
1: Oh yeah. <laughs> but like Ari Gold was based off of a real life agent, so
0: that's pretty cool. Jerry Maguire was based off of A Real Agent as well.
1: Yeah, I would recommend that book. Um, let me look up the title. CAA Oral History <laughs> Book because that's a really good book. And I w- if you like this podcast, you would powerhouse The Untold Story of Hollywood's Creative Artist Agency. And it's if you really want like an insight into Hollywood, it's a really good book. So I recommend it highly.
0: Check it out, folks. Check it out. Uh, Now, Alex, moving into the plot of the penultimate episode of the series and also the longest one so far. I believe that clocked in at like 56 minutes. So and it, it was worth every minute. Yeah.
1: It was just, listen, it was definitely time for a long MCU episode. I'm sick of the shit. Um,
0: <laughs> I'm sorry. 51 minutes because five of it, five of it is a uh, credits.
1: Yeah. At least we actually got some time in between the credits to have another scene, but <laughs> listen, you know, our, our issues with the credit time of the MCU has been well-established at this point.
0: Well-established, well-established. See past episodes for reference, but uh, I'm going to run through these real quick and then we'll go in-depth like usual. John Walker flees the scene of uh, his murder, the murder he committed, and then he's confronted by Bucky and Sam. And really one of the best fights in any MCU show, maybe any MCU property, It's for, I thought it was... Really passionate fight, at least. Uh, John is then stripped of the Captain America title. Um, And we get the Julia Louis-Dreyfus cameo as uh, Contessa, an espionage agent. We'll get into her later. Zemo is taken into custody by the Wakandans and uh, escorted to the Raft, which you'll remember from uh, Civil War. Not not a very welcoming place, but that's where he's going. (laughs) (laughs) uh sam meets with isaiah bradley who just doesn't miss when he's on the screen he just shoots 70 percent from the field he's he just doesn't miss uh really we get some background on isaiah really tough stuff uh we've learned about his past as one of the uh recipients of the serum and it's just it's not it's it's not great Uh, then the entire state of Louisiana comes to help the Wilsons with their boat.
1: Uh, Everyone in town owns, owes mom and dad a favor. (laughs) So
0: I guess so. Uh, Bucky drops off a case from the Wakandans for Sam. And I think we can speculate later. What, uh, is the contents of that case, Alex. And then John visits Lamar's family and, uh, basically lies to their faces about, uh, finding the killer and giving him justice. And then uh, Sharon, who uh, can't wait to talk about her later, calls someone with an offer. And then Bucky and Sam have a nice little one-on-one convo and a training session as well. Bucky admits uh, he and Steve did not understand what it would have meant for Sam to be handed the shield. They just said they wouldn't have understood, and he kind of apologizes for it. And then... Um, Sam tells Bucky to give people on his list some closure. Some good advice there from Sam. And then Batrock meets up with the Flag Smashers. Uh, it seems like every Flag Smasher in the world is just hanging out in Central Park. They infiltrate the GRC summit, and then Sam opens the Wakandan case. And then we get a PS scene of John building the knockoff dollar store cap shield. So, Alex, we'll start from the top. Uh what are your thoughts on this fight? Where do you rank this among fights in the show so far?
1: Oh, in the show it's at the top. Yeah. I mean, just like the intensity of it, right? And I mean there's been some pretty good fight sequences in the show. You know, the Wakandans coming in last week and kicking everyone's ass was a good fight. Um, but I mean that like it wasn't like competitive you know it's like entertaining and like watching you know lebron go for 37 and 7 and then sitting <laughs> in the fourth quarter because they're blowing the other team like it's that kind of entertaining yeah right? yeah yeah so fun fact you know lebron's averaged 27 7 and 7 for his career but he's never gotten those averages in it or he's never gotten those totals in a single game
0: interesting never
1: never his 27 whole career, 7 and 7 no he's that's what he's averaged but he's never had that exact stat line his whole career wow that i thought that was a little fun fact right there yeah. but in terms of the show, yeah, it was really really well done. I mean, just the intensity, right? Just everyone trying to get the shield. <laughs> and like I think fights are obviously a lot better when they have stakes, right? Like I think probably in recent vintage the best fight was maybe the Thanos on a against Iron Man and uh Star-Lord against the Guardians of the Galaxy. The Titan fight, right? Yeah. That that because they were trying to stop Thanos from getting the the stone. Yeah. And they were trying to take the glove off. I think that was probably the best fight of the recent vintage, right? And I think that kind of theme, the reason that that fight was so compelling, it's the same reason this one is so compelling, because they were fighting to get the shield, except all three of them were fighting for the same thing. And obviously none of them were Thanos. So, (laughs) but I thought this fight was really good. Like I really enjoyed, it was a really good action sequence. Like it really got, the show really just started right heavy into action. And I, I didn't mind cause the rest of the episode wasn't action. So yeah, I thought it was a good cause for a filler episode, they needed action. So this was a really great way to start off the episode.
0: Yeah. I mean, they didn't waste any time here. They just get to John running away from the scene and uh, Bucky and Sam in pursuit. I'm, I'm with you. I'm right with you. I think it's at the top uh, for the show. Definitely. Uh, one other fight I throw in there would be Thor, Cap, and Stark versus Thanos in uh, Endgame, right that before uh, everybody comes through the panels. I would throw that in there as well. Uh, a couple of thoughts on Walker that I had: he is really delusional in this episode. <laughs> like I know we throw that around as a joking manner here on the network, but he is legitimately like, legitimately delusional here. I mean, he thinks he actually thinks. He's convinced himself he's killed uh, Lamar's killer. He's, I mean, he's actually trying to kill Bucky and Sam here. He almost beheads Sam. I mean, with the with the chat with the shield, uh, and he gets his arm snapped, and he's still like, "Let's go, let's throw down," and like, dude, you have one arm. You. it's not like Bucky's case where one of, one of your arms is like Terminator like it's
1: broken dude let he who has not tried to fight with one arm cast the first stone <laughs>
0: <laughs> and I also like at the end of this fight Sam has like a moment of realizing like hey I gave up this thing and now it's it's, it's been disgraced, basically. It's covered in blood. It's been used in, in a murder. Uh, and he just... He kind of looks at it like, man, I made a mistake here. I should have... I should have taken this up when I had the chance, but... Um, moving on to John getting stripped of the Captain America title. Do you think he had a point? I this is like... I don't want this to sound like, oh, Thanos, did Thanos have a point? Do you think John Walker had a point when he said... And he was talking back to the committee saying like, you know, you made me this way. I I, I did everything you told me to do. Do you, do you think he had a point at all?
1: Yeah. Okay. First of all, Thanos had a point. If you believe that killing... If you believe that genocide is okay. You know, that's...
0: <laughs>
1: <laughs> like, I think that Thanos had a point Was became a meme at one point because Definitely so many people like, actually believed it. I think he had a point though. Like, think about what he's saying, right? Like, they... And like just generally speaking, think about what you have to do to join the military. You have to lose your conscience, basically, just generally speaking. And you have to be a trained instrument of war. So, yeah, I think he had a hell of a point there. You know, I think that, listen, that probably wasn't the right forum to deliver it in. But given that he was being discharged, it was going to be the only forum he had. But I thought he was 100% right in what he was saying. Now, did that make him murdering the um, guy Okay. No, but absolutely. He had, he had a point that the military made him that way. Of course they did. That's their job. So, and especially with his perfect record, you know, like who knows how many people John Walker has killed in this time. This one just happened to be recorded on camera using a shield.
0: Right. So. Right. And just to be clear, he was uh, given a other than honorable discharge and no benefits in retirement.
1: Listen, you know, discharging him is rough but you know taking away the
0: man's pension it's rough like for one i know it was a pretty bad uh slip up but the only blemish on his record and you're like all right no uh no 401k for you pal
1: (laughs) hope you invested in a roth ira son
0: (laughs) but i'm kind of with you he definitely i mean he wasn't totally off base i mean these people you know, he basically dedicated his life to these people and to the country. And, uh, in his mind, he's getting paid back for one mistake with, uh, you know, basically, uh, excommunication. So, <laughs> uh, I don't want to diminish what he did. He did a horrible thing, but, uh, maybe, maybe a little harsh on the Senate's, uh, on the Senate side, but I want to talk about the Julia Louis Dreyfus cameo because, uh, You and I uh, disagreed on this, actually. Uh, She showed up as a... So she has a really long name that you probably listen to in the show. But in the comics, she's known as simply Contessa. And she's like an espionage agent. She's worked for S.H.I.E.L.D. and HYDRA and all kinds of organizations. And here she's recruiting Walker, uh, which is the main reason why I don't think John Walker is going to get killed off. I don't think you bring in somebody like this who's recruiting him just to kill him off so uh why don't you uh explain where our, our discourse was Alex?
1: basically we were disagreeing on the quality of the cameos you know they were doing the thing that they always do where and they, they need tra- to stop they need to stop doing that By the way, they yes I, I agree with that wholeheartedly that being said zach griffith i mean she won how many emmys for you know <laughs> like for Veep. For, for Veep. She was basically dominating the Emmys for about five, six years. Yeah, she was. She like was. She won. It's okay. 2013, Outstanding Lead Actress in a Comedy Series. 2014, Outstanding Lead Actress in a Comedy Series. 2015, 2016, 2017. She won f- like five in a row. The five beat. Yeah. So I understand the hype behind this one. I do think your point was fair, but that like just all things being equal here. A lot. I would imagine a lot of people that watch Seinfeld would probably watch Marvel shows. You know what I mean? Like she's still, I know her
0: from. She's
1: still a big star. Like,
0: Oh yeah. I don't want to diminish her star status. I just didn't agree that she was a a superstar to use the word you used. Uh, But that's fair.
1: I would, but like, she's probably B-list celebrity.
0: Oh my god, she's television royalty.
1: Yeah, like, I would say she's not like... It depends on what your definition of A-list is, but, like, she's pretty close to A-list, I would say. Like, just given, like, everything that she's been in nobody hates her at least i don't think no probably some people i've never
0: i've never heard anybody say it
1: well the only people that probably hate her are misogynists but (laughs) well um, well, they hate everybody yes that's true that's why why i don't associate with misogynists but no misogynists on the running hook podcast network thank god (laughs) um but yeah i think that she's a really big star so that's that's always been my thing right like i think that I understand where you were coming from for sure. I just believe that she... You know... The juice was worth the squeeze on this one, but they've really got to stop hyping these cameos.
0: (laughs) Also, yeah, to that point, I would have been more receptive to this if that hadn't been leaked. Like, if that hadn't been leaked, I probably would have been saying, you know what, that was pretty cool. Julie Louis-Dreyfus, legend of the small screen. Pretty cool. But... Look, just a PSA to the MCU and anybody who works on a crew there. Just stop. And Elizabeth Olsen. Yeah, Elizabeth, you, Elizabeth Olsen. Elizabeth, we love you. But just stop. stop. I'll never forgive you. Yeah, that one was horrible. I know you haven't seen Mandalorian yet, season two, but to say, to throw out, this is going to be a Luke Skywalker level cameo. First off, step back. Think about what you're saying. Luke Skywalker is one of the 10 greatest fictional characters of all time. Just stop. Please just stop. <laughs> Maybe I, not 10 just, greatest fictional characters, but science just, fiction definitely. I'm never forgiving Elizabeth Olsen. I'm sorry, but I'm not gonna apologize for that. Yeah, it was bad, it was really bad. Um, I guess my another part of my point was uh, I don't know how many MCU fans are gonna be like, Wow, you know, JLD, I'm hyped. You know, but right. I, t- I totally I-, I get your point. I agree with you that she's a total star, especially for TV. I mean, it's not that's indisputable and everybody I, loves her. So I obviously have only been on
1: one of the episodes that discuss Falcon and the Winter Soldier. So I know my perspective hasn't really gotten out there more, but I think this is a show that adults enjoy more than kids. <laughs> like, I think that this show just has a lot more adult themes that kids, you know,
0: it was a beheading.
1: Yeah, there's a beheading. Um, there's a lot more blood. Than any other, you There's know, like cursing, like cursing, cursing. like cursing for the MCU, but it's still a still out of bullshits and stuff like for them, yeah. Um, yeah, I think this is like, I think maybe they realize their core audience would be adults, and you know, most adults have like either seen Veep or seen, um, seen Seinfeld, so I think that maybe that's what they're going for, but yeah, it's obvious that JLD
0: is sticking around. Yeah, it's that's pretty obvious. Uh, to that point, though, that you just made, this is like a. My dad is not a Marvel guy. Like, I don't think he's seen five MCU properties, but I feel like he would watch this because this is right up his alley. This feels like a Jack Ryan, like a Tom Clancy right. thing, and that's that's like all he watches. Right. And I think it's this is a show that again, it's
1: just touching on a lot more adult themes. You know. And I think adults would enjoy it more than kids. Like, my little brother, like, we both love this episode, right? My little brother's 17. He said he thought this episode was boring. So, ah. <laughs> but he's 17. You know what I mean? Like, it's not like he's, you know, right. yeah. I don't think he's the show's core audience, but like, whereas what did I think, think Wanda- of WandaVision. He loved WandaVision, but I think WandaVision was a lot easier for him to understand. Like, I'm not saying like he's stupid, but he's. <laughs> <laughs> Shout out my little brother, but. I'm not, like I'm not saying he's stupid I'm just saying like you know there's a maturity you have when you're 17 like oh, yeah. and, and what you're like expecting from a show like this and like a lot of times what you're expecting from a show like this is you know like and especially with what happened in like the first couple episodes it's fair to say if you're expecting just only action from it right then it's fair to say that this episode was kind of a dud but I mean he's a kid so I'm not like expecting him to you know have like uh, elite level taste in cinema, <laughs> you know what
0: I mean? Yeah, yeah. So, well, I mean, I, when I was, for instance, when I was seventeen, I could not have hosted a, a I could not have hosted Circle City Cinema. No chance. There's just no chance. And that part of that's just, we're going off on a little tangent here, but I think it's a good point. Uh Part of that's just getting older and consuming different content. Like when I was seventeen, and I'm sure you're the same way. I was consuming like all the same kind of stu- all the same kind of stuff. Like if it wasn't comic book related, it was something with Leonardo DiCaprio, and if it wasn't that, it was the other thing. Like that was
1: it. I watched about 6 movies by the time I was 17 that like on my own. It was either Pulp Fiction, um and Glorious Bastards. I would watch Good Will Hunting obviously, The Dark Knight, um, yeah, yeah. The Godfather. Of course. And then Spaceballs. Like, yeah, my palate has diversified significantly since then. So.
0: Yeah, it, it's just part of getting older. That's that's all it is. You you consume different stuff. You get different perspectives and your your palate for consuming content uh gets bigger and better, honestly. <laughs> so.
1: Oh, yeah. Yeah. 17 uh, year olds aren't. I love my little brother, but seventeen year olds aren't the best people on the planet, generally speaking. So
0: my brother's also seventeen.
1: Yeah. You, so you know from first hand experience, Zach.
0: <laughs> he just watched Breaking Bad for the first time.
1: Yeah, I couldn't have I don't I still can't watch Breaking Bad, so Well. I I try, Zach. Problem.
0: I can't get past
1: episode four. I try.
0: That's your own problem.
1: <laughs> I'll have to try again in like ten years. Just like maybe once my Palette refines more but I've tried
0: <laughs> multiple times well that's all I can ask for at this point <laughs> just try uh, our boy Zemo and I want to get your take on Zemo in a sec because uh, I haven't talked I really haven't been able to talk to you on the air about Zemo in the show uh, he's taken into custody by the Wakandans taken to the raft did you think Bucky was actually going to shoot Zemo I thought there was a chance but then I'm
1: like why would they kill Zemo yeah like I was like when he pulled the gun out. I I would have given it a
0: 50/50 shot. No uh, pun intended. I will there. say. <laughs> <laughs> no pun intended because you you do it on purpose all the time. So I, it's never fine. an accident. It's never an accident. <laughs> that one was an accident, but <laughs> I guess you know if the if the glove fits. <laughs> you know. All right, OJ, all right. <laughs> uh, what? Like I will say for this the way they played up the music, when he was pointing the gun at Zemo's head, it was like, "Holy shit, he's actually gonna dome him!" Like, that's how it felt. So yeah. great job by the music department.
1: Yeah, I mean, Marvel does a really good job of casting, um, music directors. I think, like, oh, the yeah. music is always on point, and I, I love the Wakanda music. Like, I, I love that music. Yes. I think it's, I think it's great. Love and, with
0: Gornson, baby.
1: Yeah. Yeah, I think that they've done a great job with the music. I thought he was gonna kill him too. So, like but so part of me, like just watching the show, is like, oh shit, he's gonna kill him. And then that rational half was the fifty percent that's like, you can't kill Zemo. You've just gave him a bigger role in the show. He's gonna be back. Yeah. So that that's kind of squaring that because we know Zemo's gonna be back. So I didn't think they they was actually gonna kill him, but like when it like the. The instincts, right? The instincts thought he was gonna kill him. I'll say that.
0: Well, let me ask you, uh, what have you thought of Zemo in this series? Because I would say he's the big winner of the whole show so far.
1: I mean, I like Zemo a lot more in this than I did in Civil War. Yeah, like I mean, Civil War, you know, he was just doing what he had to do to get the job done, but this it was kind of like fun, you know what I mean? Like he yes. was a, like he was funny enough, it was kind of like a Loki
0: performance, and honestly, it was needed for the show
1: yeah like a lot of like necessary levity um just like comments the the banter between him and sam and bucky was always entertaining Smartassery. yeah it, <laughs> and like when he said what i don't remember what episode that was in when he's like you um i think that might have been episode two where he's like if the food's old go ahead and feed it to him i don't care or if the, <laughs> if the food is expired feed it to them not me
0: yeah. <laughs> like,
1: just world, like, and the dancing in the club meme. Oh, that was like, awesome. That was awesome. And plus, Zemo just killed it with the coats,
0: too. Zemo's wardrobe, really off the hook. Like, really, really awesome. Mm-hmm. Really awesome. I think our boy, JD Hall, would be very proud.
1: <laughs> he
0: probably would be, yes. <laughs> he was killing he was
1: killed in the game. <laughs>
0: uh, well, you said, and you're totally right. I don't think anybody would dispute that, that Zemo's going to show up again. Uh, where, where, if you had to guess, where are we going to see him again? My guess would be, uh, one of these Wakanda shows that Ryan Coogler is working on.
1: Yeah, it makes sense. Someone's he's going to
0: either bust out of the raft or someone's going to bust him out of the raft. How dare you, uh, <laughs> say he's going to bust out of the raft. Uh, how dare you hypothesize such a, such a outrageous theory. <laughs> You know, listen, I, I just only,
1: you know, I like to throw a bullshit out there. See what, see what sticks. So, um, no, I think that Zemo, definitely the Wakanda series seems to make sense. Maybe he could take Claw's place in the next Black Panther movie. Wow. You think they go that early? Black Panther 2? <laughs> well, Black Panther 2 is not going to be for a while, right? Like, especially with all these pushbacks.
0: You're right. Let me look up that release date real quick.
1: Like, 2022, because they, they need a new antagonist now, and obviously they could probably find one, right? Like I'm sure. I don't know the comics history, but Claw, like it, even if Killmonger wasn't in the movie, Claw would have been a worthy villain. I like Claw as a character. He's not on my most hated characters list. Um. Well, I wouldn't
0: rule out uh, Killmonger being brought back. That's a good point.
1: Yeah, but because we, we don't know what direction they're. Black Panther is literally an open slate right now, so.
0: Yeah, and it's for unfortunate reasons, uh, but you know we'll we'll see where, we'll see where they go. That's a good. That's actually a really good guess. Black Panther two I, uh, has been delayed many times. So it's scheduled to come out next year, but uh, you know who who knows. Hopefully, hopefully that is what happens. But uh, yeah, so something we can agree. Something Wakanda related is where we're gonna yes. see Zemo again. Yeah, yeah. Uh, next up, Sam meets with Isaiah Bradley and easily, I would think you would agree, the most powerful scene in the in the in the, in the episode.
1: OK, so I know the impetus would be to talk about Isaiah, but I got to talk about Sam. Sam's superpower isn't, you know, super strength or whatever. It's not, you know, like he's going to beat you up, right? He's not going to turn green into a giant rage monster. Sam's superpower is empathy. Like, he can get people to open up to them. He can, he's a very powerful force and an example of empathy. And I think that's his superpower. And like, he gets a lot of people to open up to him. Like, in the last episode, Carly is actually talking to him before Walker fucks it up. You're kidding. (laughs) Yeah, no kidding. But I think that, I don't think the moment works without Anthony Mackey. Like, he has a really good, like, just listening face. And obviously, the story that, um isaiah bradley told was just heartbreaking like truly truly awful rip your heart out dude and if i'm not mistaken zach i haven't seen the i haven't watched the first avenger in full in a while isn't what isaiah bradley describes exactly what steve rogers did in the first avenger
0: that's a hell of a pull and yes it is like a hell of a pull
1: and look at what they
0: did exactly what he did
1: And I think it's a good parallel to show like of all the racial parallels they're trying to pull. I think that's probably the best one. Like they left it unsaid, but if you know, if you notice it, then it's like, you can't not notice it. Yeah. And you know, he, what's the actor's name again? I can't remember that. Carl Lumley. He wears that like emotion so well on his face and he plays the bitter, the bitter old man. So well to a T like, like, just absolutely bitter. Like I don't remember all his lines, but just, it was really, he plays it so well. I think that, you know, it's what the show needs, like to give Sam, help give Sam the motivation that he needs. And I think that they're doing a really good job with that element of the show. Like I thought, cause it's weird, right? Like you don't expect Marvel show to be the area where they touch race the race issues, right, right. But they're handling it really well, actually. Like, they're not talking around it. You know, they're openly acknowledging it.
0: I think they're doing a really good job, actually. So. It's it's incredibly powerful stuff, uh, especially for our, Mar- our Marvel property. Uh, talk about Carl Lumley. He uh, plays these sympathetic figures very well. He voiced... I think I mentioned this on uh, maybe the first one of these that we did, but he voiced... Uh, Martian Manhunter in Justice League and Martian Manhunter is a character in the cartoon. And Martian Manhunter is a character that uh, was basically, his planet was exterminated and he was the only one left and he was hunted for years and years by the people who uh, persecuted the Martians. And he's a hell of a voice actor and it turns out he's a hell of an actor too. And he he, he pulls off the, the sympathetic, uh, you know, persecuted man in more ways than one and this is this is really uh really deep stuff here
1: yeah and um sounds like he's just like a you know really good character actor like yeah excellent character actor is kind of uh (laughs) an insult you know a lot of the time but i mean this man's been acting probably uh, let me pull up his wikipedia page he's been acting since the the 70s yeah yeah right so he's 69 years old and honestly the makeup department is doing a really good job of making him look older than he actually
0: yeah. looks in real life. <laughs> he looks 75.
1: Yeah. So, um, I would 75. I would say he looks the age he's supposed to be in the show and the show he's supposed to be like in the hundreds isn't he? Or maybe not that old. Is he? I
0: <sighs> The serum. The serum is helping
1: him out. serum makes him Age differently, but he looks a lot older than that, especially walking with the cane. But yeah, he like really just really powerful stuff from Carl Lovely there. I shout out to him,
0: really powerful stuff. Uh, like we said in in the quick recap, we got a background on Isaiah. Uh, so it turned out different versions of the serum were administered to uh, all, all soldiers, all kinds of soldiers. And uh, Isaiah, like Alex said, really good parallels, saved a bunch of POWs. From a camp, and then uh, upon finding out that the serum worked on him, he was uh, experimented on by his own government and uh, other governments for thirty years, and finally, uh, taken. He uh, a sympathetic nurse uh, pitied him and declared him dead and helped him escape, and uh, his just his life has been really fucked ever since. It's it's sad, really sad stuff. One of the sadder. One of the sadder origin stories, honestly, for anybody like, in the MCU.
1: Think about, like, just hell. Think about where he's living. Right, he's living in West Baltimore. I mean, we we watched the wires, Zach. West Baltimore, <laughs> yeah, not great, not a place. Like <laughs> David Simon and uh, Burns, uh, Ed Burns, were basing that off of real life. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah, they they weren't like you know they didn't just come up with the shit and say oh West Baltimore is a terrible place to live. No, I. It's based off of the real experiences. So, yeah, I think that compare his living situation to Bucky's, who, you know, I mean, he has Isaiah has a nice house. Right. But like it could be so much better. And obviously the question of how superheroes get paid in this universe is a fascinating (laughs) one. But like, I don't know what Sam does for money. I really don't. Like how, how? can he afford all these overseas trips? I really, how can I really afford to uh,
0: fix a boat up, dude.
1: Well, i calling in a thousand favors to the whole state of Louisiana. That's how. <laughs> That's. I'll take this next one, Zach. Yeah, go ahead. That's a good segue. <laughs> the entire state of Louisiana comes to help the Wilsons. <laughs> and I mean, listen, this. How many favors did your parents do, Sam? Like. <laughs> Where, you, like, your parents must have been superheroes than them themselves. Like, yeah, seriously. Oh, so many people owe them favors. Like, it's, I, you know, how do you, like, it's not even a big boat either. How do you get the whole town to help you out? You know what I mean?
0: <laughs> it's, it's fascinating because, like, you know, there's like this little mini montage of him calling a bunch of people, and then they, a quick cut, and there's just like, 200 people helping out the boats.
1: <laughs> yeah. I like, guess it's, it's not even that big of a boat. Like what the hell is everybody supposed to do? Wilson's you know, need help. We show up. <laughs> I, I just All thought right. <laughs> it baffles the mind, Zach. I, I just don't know. Hey, good for them though. You know, that's, I don't know that that's some mafia shit right there. Like, you know, are we sure the, the Wilsons weren't in the mafia?
0: Hey, I didn't want. I didn't want to say it. All right, I didn't want to bring it up. All right.
1: You don't have to pay your collections for the month if, uh, you if you help come the help the us boat. with the boat.
0: <laughs> How about oh. Bucky just openly flirting with uh, Sarah, Sarah Wilson? It's incredible. It sounds like Bucky.
1: <laughs> Listen, man, Bucky's attractive. I don't blame Sarah. You know. <laughs> Here, okay, my hot take. Sam's gotta let his let his sister cook. You know what I mean. Like, if you know wow. she wants to get with Bucky, let her get with Bucky. Wow. Like, what listen, a, what a take. Wow. Listen, man, you gotta. It's not like they're friends. You know what I mean? They actively, I don't know, despise each other, but they like they don't like each other. At least not yet. They're gonna they're, like each other at some point.
0: They're coming around. It's definitely better than they're coming, it was.
1: They're coming around. Yeah, it's definitely better than it was in episode one or episode. Or um, in Civil War. Yeah, but it was a uh, loathing in episode one. Yeah. So, I mean, you know, like, it's not like <sighs> it's tough because I, I just don't feel like Bucky's a ruin your life kind of guy. You know what I mean? I feel like, I mean, Bucky's really old fashioned. He's 106, you know? Yeah,
0: he's read The Hobbit.
1: Yeah. When wow. I first came. <laughs> <laughs> I read somewhere that there's no way Bucky could have read that in 1937 because why because he would have been like 10 no Tolkien turned it into 19 turned it in in 1937 I'm pretty sure it definitely wasn't out in America by the time Bucky turned into the winter soldier and then
0: Bucky shit.
1: I think the writers just um, looked up 1937 and they knew Bucky was alive then and they, they put it in there <laughs> Not not fully doing their research.
0: A little slip up. A little slip up.
1: A little slip uh, up. It did, all it happens.
0: Did you notice uh, when Bucky asks her name and she says Sarah and he's like, Sarah. Dude, do does that bring up any memories for you? No, it does not. What it are you? Remember when Bucky is being interrogated by Steve and uh, Sam and he says, "Your mom's name was Sarah." <laughs> remember that?
1: I don't remember that. It, remember
0: it's, that? You're asking he's... me to. remember... Steve's mom's name was Sarah. That's what I'm trying to say.
1: So, okay, so you're saying similar he, vibes. Wow,
0: and the way you oh. said it, it's wow. a very deep pull. I know
1: it, that was a very deep pull. I you listen, I already have a terrible memory, Zach. I can't remember such an inconsequential thing for Civil <laughs> War, a movie that was like two and a half hours long. <laughs>
0: It's a really deep pull, and I'm a I'm a filthy, filthy degenerate deep. for knowing that, for knowing that. I think it's because I watched that trailer, the Civil War trailer, probably eleven times when it came out.
1: Deep isn't the right word for that pull, Zach. You that was a cavernous pull, right?
0: There. <laughs> Catacombs.
1: <laughs> you got to go like all the way.
0: Sub subterranean, right there. That was a subterranean pull. Gotta get team up with James Cameron and go to the bottom of the ocean to get to get that pull. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, we'll move on. Oh, also, also, uh, before flirting with Sarah, Bucky drops a case off for Sam from the Wakandans. We'll get to that uh, at the end here. John visits Lamar's family, and uh, Alex, I want to get your take on this. Is John sincere? Do you think this is just a power trip for him or is it both?
1: I mean, he loves Lamar, man, like as a friend, you know what I mean? Like there was what was emphasized to us about Lamar and John in the first few episodes is that they had a real bond.
0: Like, oh I'm not denying that. I'm asking no. uh, like uh uh when he's like lying to them about the killer. Like that dude, that dude he killed was did not kill Lamar. No, but I think he probably deluded himself into
1: thinking he killed Lamar at the very least. I mean, listen, what... I mean, yes, obviously you want to lie to make them feel better about it, but I don't know. Like, I don't think he's completely in the wrong for it. Like, I understand why he's feeling that way. He wants to justify himself killing somebody. He might be lying to himself because he needs to find a reason in his head. He's a square the fact that he totally just... I mean, basically, did the shield equivalent of a doming on yeah. in front of you know the whole world
0: did a did a guillotine is what he
1: did yeah basically with the shield yeah and it's just tough because i don't blame him for wanting to square that with the family and lying to himself and being like i had to do it like he's basically saying that the whole time like he said it's a he said at the beginning of the episode he said it in the court martial or not the court martial in the um the less than honorable discharge the hearing yeah he, he's saying that here too so i think that He's a he has to believe it because the story's been consistent from him. Say what you will about him, his story's been consistent. Is it the wrong story? Yes, but yeah,
0: yeah. I mean, he that's what he thinks happened, so yeah, I think I think you're right. He's convinced himself that he killed the person who killed Lamar, and even though we know he didn't, it just, it just goes to show like the serum, just like Lamar said, it makes you more of who you are, and maybe, uh john walker was this dude the whole time you know
1: oh he definitely was this dude the
0: whole time i mean he was always a gaping asshole i will say it seemed like like especially the beginning it's i mean us as fans watching you know we see uh, some schmuck dressed up in cap's costume we're like fuck this dude but uh i thought episode two was pretty good and like setting him up like he wasn't he was not an asshole at the beginning of season two like he seemed genuine and you know, along the line the serum definitely didn't help but along the line he has just devolved into a pure pure cuck, honestly <laughs> <laughs> Zach calls you a cuck, it's basically
1: over you have no no integrity left so
0: it's not it's not a term I use lately uh, but it also is so yes <laughs> Uh, yes. <laughs> Sharon, Alex, Sharon is a big discussion point on Twitter, and you and I have talked about it off the record. Sharon calls somebody with an offer. Do you think it was Batroc who shows up at the end of this? I mean, it has to be right. Who else could it be? Yeah, I don't know who else it could have been. Like, I think it was you. Do, do, do we just want to save? Do we want to
1: save that discussion till next week, till we know who the? who the person we're referring to actually is. Uh, I I kind of wanted to do it now. If you want to hold off, we can, but... No, let, let's just talk about it now. Let's just talk about it now. I... <laughs> I agree with where you're coming from, that it would be terrible motive. So, okay. <laughs> Explain what we're talking
0: around so far, because... I... <laughs> Here's the thing. There's, a, like... And honestly, I don't see any other way... It's all leading to this, and I've I've been trying to find things that would say otherwise, but I can't. It seems to be leading to Sharon being revealed as the power broker, right? And I think that would be a terrible move by the writing team. I think it would I would really uh, rub me the wrong way. But uh, you thought it wouldn't be too bad. What What did you think? I'm just I trust the Marvel
1: writers at this point, like. When's the last time they've done something that legitimately let
0: you down, Zach? Iron Man 3. And that was how long ago? That was uh 2013.
1: Exactly. They've been on it since 2013. Everything has a reason, right? So I'm just I'm willing to trust the Marvel writers. I'm giving them the benefit of the doubt. And that, now, that's fair.
0: That's totally fair.
1: If it's a shitty reveal, then I will totally 100% be on your side. But listen, I'm just, you know, I'm willing to give them the benefit of the doubt for now. And then when they prove me wrong, hey, one miss in
0: eight years ain't bad, Zach. It's it's not bad, but maybe it's just Sharon is, you know, she was really close with Steve. Uh, she helped him out a lot in Civil War. She's, I mean, for God's sake, she's Peggy Carter's niece. Like, come on, come on. Peggy Carter was like the one, <laughs> the one piece of integrity in uh, S.H.I.E.L.D which was infiltrated by Hydra. <laughs> yeah. So, like, I I don't know. I I mean, you know, obviously, I don't write this shit. I wouldn't even know where to start, but I wouldn't do it. I just, and it seems to be telegraphed, which they don't usually do that. They don't usually telegraph stuff like this. And that's what it feels like. I mean, do you, do you think so?
1: Maybe if they're telegraphing it, maybe it's the old bait and switch.
0: That's what I'm hoping. That's what I'm really I- hoping.
1: I would if I was gonna handicap it, I'd say 60% odds that she is going to be the power broker. Which leaves a good 40% not. And I obviously hope the 40% I'll is right. Odds. I don't want the 40% to be or I I don't want her to be the power broker either. You know, because it would feel like a betrayal of everything. She put it like her life on the line. She's a carter. Life. Yeah. And she put her career on the line to help Steve in Civil War. Yeah. So I hope. the hell that she doesn't um (laughs) I just I want I want her not to be the power broker but at the same time you know I trust the Marvel writers that's all I'll say
0: yeah and uh, I've seen some theories going around like she can't be the power broker the power broker in the books was a dude well uh, stop with that, please. Because uh, the ancient one was a dude in the books, and yeah. it was played by Tilda Swinton. So I was gonna say, wasn't the
1: Asian the ancient one definitely not a white woman in the no, uh, comic books? It was an Asian dude. I get that Tilda Swinton looks kind of funny, but Asian, Asian, I, I I can't buy that, Zach.
0: Like, so clearly it doesn't matter what gender they are. Like, dude, right? Come on, come on, just dude, put that theory to bed, please. I mean, Carly uh, Morgenthau. Hey, exactly, exactly, exactly. If you remember the history lesson from a couple weeks ago, exactly, exactly right. Uh, coming down to it here, Bucky and Sam, a little one-on-one in a training session. This is really nice, Alex, because it's kind of the same thing they talked about in that therapy session and the interrogation, room, remember, but I don't think it feels repetitive at all. Maybe it's just because the therapist isn't there.
1: I mean, the therapist did suck. Yeah. Um, <laughs> i mean no i think that it's more genuine because these guys have had time to grow together and this is why this is why shows can lead to better character development movies can be greater than tv shows i think movies have a lot higher higher ceiling but tv shows have a lot higher floor and there's one reason why because you get time you get to spend time with the characters Hours. right? look at how many people are like their personalities are defined by the office. Right. I'm not, I'm not hating on them, but like people spend hours watching Michael Scott. They spend hours watching Dwight true. Like I don't even watch the office. and I know these motherfuckers names, right? Like, like the Sopranos, we spent the Sopranos 90
0: hours with Tony Soprano.
1: Exactly. The wire you spend however many hours with, uh, like you spend however many hours with McNulty. And I still hate his ass, Um, (laughs) but like, it's, it's the real thing, right? Like, you you develop affinities like I'll just do one from uh, the wire that I the like Officer Carver right like you spend so much time with him you forget that he's a complete shitbag at the beginning of the series yeah he totally redeems himself and that's or Bubbles in the wire yep. he totally redeems himself because you spend like fifty hours with him yep like it's that kind of thing and Prez I think Belewski. that right well uh, prince is tough in retrospect. <laughs> <laughs> i mean he did kill a couple people that he
0: hey hey who
1: hasn't right who hasn't? yeah totally <laughs> uh, you're talking to a couple <laughs> murderers on this spot here folks just kidding um no i think that the character development is key and the, we've had character development with these guys they spend time with each other and they're getting they're breaking down the walls between each other and this is why the tv show i think the tv shows in the mcu are going to be here to stay because now we're going to get to like they can use these instead of setting up movies with another movie. Yeah. Right. And I think that's going to be better for the MCU as a whole, because then if people are coming in watching these shows, then they're going to be watching these shows and they're going to be, they're going to have more in-depth knowledge of the characters and be more fond of the characters. So I think it's a win, win, win in like every aspect.
0: I think it is too. I, I think you're totally right about the uh, character development in a TV show. Um, You know, people, I'm personally a movies over TV guy. I prefer movies over TV, but uh, I would be a fool to deny that we're in a golden age for TV right now because it just, it is. It seems to be the dominant medium right now. Uh, I really want to cover more of it on this show because I just think it's it's dominating right now. It just seems to be the go-to way to tell stories, especially like this. And especially like Game of Thrones, mm-hmm. seeing Lord of the Rings now. It just, you can be more expansive with it. You can go into more detail. Whereas, you know, somebody is turned off by going to sit in a movie theater for three hours at the most, you know? So, right. It's, it is what it is. And I, I'm all for it, honestly. If, if the stories are as good as this and as good as Thrones mostly was, fine. Let's do it. Exactly.
1: <laughs> and like... You just develop relationships with the characters that you don't develop with, you know, on movie screens. Like, the only time it happens is in trilogies. Yeah. And, like, and those why, do years. Think, why do you think people are so attached to Star Wars characters? Exactly. Like, Han Solo is still probably one of the most famous um, movie characters in history. And he's still famous with kids. And that movie, the first the first Star Wars movie came out, all, next year will be the 45-year anniversary, Zach. Exactly so you know i think that especially i just think with the tv shows you have more of a chance to grow with the characters i think that mcu would be dumb not to take advantage of
0: this in the future they're being really smart with it they've been smart with it since the the netflix days of mcu so it's nothing's changed really uh let's see here where are we at where are we at here uh I think okay we're still on- uh, yes, yeah, Sam tells Bucky to give people on his list some closure. I took this as uh he's going to go to his neighbor and tell him he killed his son. Oh, man. That's what I took it as. That's what I took closure as. That's probably
1: going to be it. And it's going to devastate his neighbor. That's going to suck. Yeah, because, you know, they're they're really good friends. That's, that's, that's going gonna... to
0: that's gonna suck ass, dude.
1: Yeah. I'm uh, looking forward to that. No, I'm not looking forward to that either. <laughs> but that I think is being telegraphed, and I think that's gonna that's gonna happen. That's that blows. I really don't want to see that, especially since they're gonna end the show in NYC,
0: right? Well, so, of course, it always ends in NYC. Where else? Where else, Alex? There's nowhere there's else no, to end it.
1: There's no other cities in the world, as you as you well know. <laughs>
0: <laughs> nowhere, Nowhere else. Uh, and they split up for now, but we all know that's uh, you know they're. Uh, I would, I would even, you know, Alex, call me crazy. I think even by next episode, they're going to be back together. It's crazy. I can't believe you'd say <laughs> such a thing. <laughs> Maybe it's the title of the show. I don't know. I don't know. <laughs> and then finally, Batrock, who uh, received a call from our own Sharon Carter, as we can uh, assume at this point. Uh, meets up with the Flag Smashers. As we talked about, every Flag Smasher in the world is at the Central Park right now. <laughs>
1: Oh man, you know, listen. I mean with how restrictive they're being with the borders after uh it's like a convention. After the unblipping, you would think that, you know, all the flag smashers wouldn't be in the United States, but maybe there's a maybe there's a good portion of flag smashers just lying around in the US and particularly <laughs> in New York City. Who knows? Convenient plot device, Zach.
0: Very convenient, really convenient. Uh and Alex, tell us how easily uh, they infiltrated the GRC summit.
1: It kind of had shades of the Hail Hydra stuff from the Winter Soldier. Like when um Sitwell, was that his name right? The um uh, Jasper Sitwell. That yep. was the guy's name, right? Yep. Yeah, when Jasper Sitwell whispered in the uh So what's the the senator's ears? What's the senator's name? I know he's Stern by, baby. Senator Stern. Who who was <laughs> he played by? I know he was played by the Larry Sanders show guy. Yeah. Gary Shandling. Yep. Gary yep yep yep. And he whispered into Gary Shandling's ear at Hail Hydra. It kind of had actually had those exact vibes. And then obviously the meeting shuts down. I wonder if we're going to um, have homage to a movie that Daniel Bruhl was in in Bastards hey. when they know hey, when Shoshana blows up the theater. <laughs> I wonder if we'll have homage. Probably not. The man hey, can no. dream.
0: You know, I'd be a fan of that. <laughs> we of both would, would that.
1: be. That sounds right up our alley. <laughs>
0: Uh Sam opens the Wakandan case and Alex uh is there any chance this isn't a Captain America suit? It's Captain America suit with wings. But what's what
1: piques your interest more? Keeping the theme of uh Tarantino references today. That or the briefcase from Pulp Fiction?
0: Briefcase from Pulp Fiction. I mean, yeah, but I, I thought I would pose the question anyway. <laughs> I can't I can't wait to see this. I can't wait. It's going to be badass. I hope it has wings too. Has to have wings, right? It has to have wings. Like, what? I mean, it's not like he can punch his way through problems. He's not Steve. Wings and shield. I love it.
1: Oh, that's going to be a deadly combination.
0: That, yeah, That that is going to be nice. That is going to be nice. Oh, man, I can't wait for that. I cannot wait for that. You think it'll have a Wakandan uh, color scheme? Ooh, that would be cool. I could see it. I could see it. They take a little bit of flair
1: in their costumes, as we they saw. They made it. And, you know, Shuri made it. We saw, we saw Shuri's Black Panther costumes.
0: Well, in Black maybe Panther. throw a little uh, red color scheme in there, a little bit.
1: A little bit of red, white, and blue. But I mean, I think that if it's white, I want to see something white, right? Like white with shades of red and blue. I think that would be the best look for it. But I'm, I'm curious to see. I just want to see what happens with this suit. I think. We, we both agree it's going to be a suit. I I can't wait for Friday for the reveal. What if it's just the spare Falcon suit?
0: <laughs> That'd be fucking hilarious. <laughs> oh, jeez. But yeah, it's going to be a cap suit. There's no doubt. And uh, do you want to talk about the PS scene at all? I mean, it's just it's just John Walker. Mm, what is there to say? <laughs> <laughs> He's
1: just trying to build another shield that's not... It's not going to hold up because it's not made out of vibranium. So no. What's the
0: point? It's... Yeah who knows what it's made out of who knows uh all right that does it for the plot and then uh a couple uh things we wanted to hit on uh we kind of hit on will john walker be killed off we don't think so right no no he's gonna stick around yeah he's gonna stick around uh, and this one, Alex, why don't you explain this, uh, our power rankings for a, a certain type of character. So Zach hit me up today. He's like, Hey, at the end of the pod,
1: I think we should do a power ranking for our five most hated MCU characters. I thought this is perfect because we just came off of one division and, um, a certain character from one division might be in my top five oh. of the oh, most, of most hey hated now. characters. And, um, yeah, it's going to be a real exciting list. So, Zach, why don't you go ahead and get us started? With, let's just go just our lists. And we'll, you can do yours first, I'll do mine.
0: All right. Well, my list uh, is only, it has only one from a movie, and the rest are from TV shows. Uh, my number five is Arnim Zola. Mm. Arnim Zola, just, just annoying. Just, just, just annoying. That's my reasoning for having him on here. <laughs> That's all. all. My number four is Mariah Dillard from uh, Luke Cage. And I told you before the show, I based these strictly on the characters' actions and not the performance. Now, a couple of these on here, I do have a problem with the performance as well, but Mariah Dillard, played by Alfred Woodard, absolutely killed the performance. And the only reason I hated her was because (laughs) she killed one of my favorite villains uh spoilers here also i should have said that should have said that especially uh for one of these but spoilers she killed one of my favorite villains uh she's just a hypocrite and i just I, I hate her i hate her that's all there's to it my number three is john walker okay john walker had to make it he he's the reason i thought of this uh idea and <laughs> he just had to make it i, I don't really have to Go listen to my commentary for my thoughts on John Walker. This is one of the ones I had a problem with the performance as well. I just don't think Wyatt Russell's been that good. I don't know if I think gotten he's gotten vibes from that. I don't know what you think. He's a lot better when the suit is off
1: to me. I agree there. I agree there. When he had like the court martial scene, right? He was really good in that scene. But yeah, yeah I can get behind. The, like, it, he just looks goofy in the suit. It's not. I Okay. Let me ask you this question. He does look is, like
0: a goof in
1: the suit. Is it how he's performing, or does he just look like a doofus in the suit? It's
0: a little bit of both. I mean, I, I had a what-if uh, casting here that I wanted to run by. you. All right. What if Miles Teller was John Walker? I think it would be a lot better, but I mean, listen, Wyatt Russell's not an
1: A-list actor by any means, you know? They have, they have to save some money somewhere, Zach. Yeah, they do.
0: <laughs> they do. <laughs> I don't know. For some reason, I was just thinking, you know, Miles Teller. I think he'd look good in a mask. I think uh, he'd be... I think he's a better actor than Wyatt Russell, so... I don't
1: know. You have to ask yourself what actors will take a a big part in a... In a small MCU series, right? As opposed to a movie. I don't know what the salaries are, but I can't imagine that Mackie and uh, Sebastian Stan are like... I wouldn't think that they would have super big salaries anyway due to their su- their stature in the acting world. True. Sure. But I think that their salaries are probably significantly less than what they make in the movies.
0: Yeah. Uh, yeah. Oh, yeah. I'd agree with that. Uh, my number two is Billy Russo from The Punisher. And I want to uh, caution one person in particular, Caleb Lynn. Caleb Lynn, if you're listening right now, uh, just fast forward like a minute because... I know you're about to watch The Punisher, and I don't want to spoil this for you. Alex, I'll just say this about Billy Russo. Have you seen The Punisher? I have not, but go ahead and tell me. Well, I won't spoil it for you either, but when Billy Russo met his fate at the end of Season 1 in The Punisher, I was on my feet, hooping and hollering like the Pacers had just won the championship. (laughs) I was absolutely thrilled and hyped so that's that's all I'm going to say I'm going to leave it there in case you want to watch it
1: now would you say that this is the same way I felt about a certain character played by Idris Elba in a show about yes. West Baltimore and drugs that yes
0: yes yes <laughs> Jeez, what show could that be man
1: I don't know spoiler alert um, for any shows that involve drugs in West Baltimore that star Idris Elba
0: Breaking Bad right Breaking Bad. yep uh and my number one is Electra. Electra uh, showed up in season two of Daredevil. Uh I had a problem with the performance. I had a problem with the character. The character was just annoying. I don't know what it was about Elodie Young who played Electra. I just I I wasn't buying it. I, I thought she was the worst part of the Defenders too. It was just it was just horrible. Uh easily the worst part of the Daredevil show, which overall is a masterpiece, minus her. So uh, my favorite Marvel character, Daredevil. Wow. Fun fact. So <laughs> my list is com- like completely different than
1: yours. And it's, this is, for Power Hour fans, this isn't completely different in that I have Clint Capella first and then the exact same order <laughs> is still used. This is actually completely different. So I base mine more off of the movies and just guys that I, I can't stand personally. It's all dudes, but first one. I'm going in reverse order. Number five, I have The Collector. And this is just about the way the character looks. I just can't stand him, like, the way that he looks. He's kind of ugly. You oh. know, <laughs> yeah. it's Benicio Del Toro, right?
0: Really sleazy, too.
1: Yeah, Benicio Del Toro, kind of, like, every movie I've seen him in, he always does, like, that licking the lips thing. It's yep. kind of distracting. Um, so he's my number five. Number four, I have Walker. I have John Walker.
0: Yeah, he had to make it.
1: I, I Listen, you know, just the actions the last couple of weeks, he's been... You know he's (laughs) fucked up everything Sam and Bucky have been trying to do, so fuck him. Um, Number three, I have Justin Hammer. Can't stand his face. That's yeah, that's a good one. Um, I I really hate his face, and I thought he was a terrible villain. You know he got overtaken by uh, I don't remember the guy's name, Blanco. uh, Yeah, he got overtaken by Venko. Thank you. So yeah, he just really was not not a good villain. (laughs) He was he his face sucked. And he wasn't even a good villain, so that's like, why he's number three.
0: It sucks because Sam Rockwell is awesome.
1: Uh, yeah, they kinda was wasted kinda him wasted, I- yeah. They kinda wasted him in Iron Man too. <laughs> number two, uh from a movie we discussed a couple of minutes ago, Alexander Pierce.
0: Yeah, that's I you know what? I kinda wish I had him on my list. That's a great he, one. He
1: is very hateable. Um just a complete asshole. Even when he you think he's on cap side, which you find out he's a Hydra agent. Spoiler alert. But if if you're listening to this, you've probably seen um, The Winter Soldier. So I I don't know how many spoilers there. And number one, we spent about nine weeks ripping this guy to shreds. Tyler, don't call me Gordon. Don't call me Brandon. Don't call me Laz. Don't call me Jason. (laughs) Don't call me Jason. Um, Any other Haywards we can think of before? (laughs) (laughs) Don't call me Gordon Hayward. That's he's yep. my number one. I hate. Listen, you you know, I was again. I was trying to give him the benefit of the doubt, but when you he were... shot, when he shot at the kids <laughs> in the last episode of Wandavision, I was it. like, okay, this is the dumbest fucking character I've ever seen. <laughs> so
0: that that's my it's my thoughts on the matter. That's awesome. That's awesome. Uh, I had I had one more note on this uh, episode: the return of Torres torres uh sam's buddy i gotta say give this guy some more to do he's all i love him whenever he's whenever he shows up i'm just like you know what this guy's cool
1: now do you love him because he's very efficient in the minutes he's playing or do you love him because he's he's very efficient you, he's my you kind think of guy that, what do you think though if you expanded the minutes maybe the efficiency would fall off i don't think so wow. i don't think so i think he's that good I think he's good, too, but I, I just wanted to throw that out there. <laughs> yeah, he's been very good, and I was surprised they kept him on the sideline because he like, showed up in one of the episodes, I know, but he, like, he wasn't in person. He got but, bodied
0: by the Flag Smashers at one point.
1: Yeah, that was the first episode, wasn't it? Yeah. But, yeah, more Torres is never a bad thing.
0: so <laughs> It's great. Alex, it's time. It's time. Uh, some shameless plugs.
1: All right. So, power hour. Um, Dylan and I last week we did your Pacers Zach um, we did the we did the Cavs and we did the Jazz Great episode. and we we frankly ripped the Jazz to shreds um, I was shocked your Jazz ripped to shreds and it's not like listen it's not anything that they've done because they're pretty much the same team they've been all year but it's just like we don't trust them <laughs> So the, until they get to the conference finals, I'll believe it till I see it. But That's yeah, fair. we basically, we basically ripped the jazz to shreds. And then we, uh, you know, your boy, uh, miles Turner went down today when we're recording this. So, yeah,
0: uh, I just want to say, all right. Um, I told you before the show, I've never been one for tanking. Right. Uh, especially when it comes to my own team, i would never have been, but, uh, uh, times are tough right now. It's, it's dark times injury riddled season really the past like two or three years. And uh, if we can get one of these Baylor guys and all we have to do is lose a few games, let's do it. Let's do it. Yeah.
1: It's, it's rough for the Pacers right now, but good news is Warren and Turner should be back next year and you saved Caris Levert's life. So you, you've had a good year. Exactly. Um, good karma. And then, <laughs> this week for the power hour, Power Hour. We're doing the Pistons, the Bucks, and the Trailblazers. We're we're readjusting the schedule, Zach. We we're not having all thirty teams the second time around. We're we're skipping the Blazers. No, we're not skipping the Blazers. We're skipping the Lakers. We're skipping the the Rockets, and we're skipping the Magic. So Magic, you know, to gotta, gotta gotta cut so out the, the taking teams. <laughs> the, the Lakers, you know, it's like LeBron's not playing, so what's the point? So yeah, and
0: everybody talks about the Lakers. Exactly.
1: Divine Rhyme recorded earlier today. Last week they did uh, the first two J. Cole Studio albums in Cold World and Borden Center. And this week they're devoting an entire episode to to Forest Hills Drive. 2014 Forest Hills Drive. Considered J. Cole's best album by many, including I think both of us. I have said that it's his best album. Yes. So make sure you check that out. Triple Option Pass. Last week they recorded the top offensive prospects. This upcoming week they're going to be recording the... um, the top defensive prospects. And then the week before next week, which is the week of the draft, they're going to be doing like a, a little bit of a mock draft. So can't wait for that. Yeah. That's going to be, it's going to be fun, especially once they get to Devin's Carolina Panthers and Ryan's Chicago <laughs> bears. Can't wait for that. Um, Lynn Sanity's off this week. This is the last week. They're going to be off. They're coming back next week, back and better than ever. And Zach is going to be a huge part of linsanity sanity. So make sure you check that out. Um, Zach, what do we got
0: coming up on the battleground? <laughs> battleground tomorrow nba centric episode joined by none other than divine rhyme zone william hogsett
1: can you believe it alex i i really can't wait to listen to that because i i can't imagine it's going to be anything more than chaos it's just nothing but chaos but i i can't wait because will's great on podcasts so i can't wait and then uh, what do you got coming up on cinema
0: Cinema, we have... It's Oscars week, Alex. It's 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 a really uh, busy week here on Cinema. I got a prediction show with uh, my boy Cooper Ogle on Friday. And then we are doing a live pod of the ceremony on Sunday night.
1: Isn't the ceremony four hours long, Zach?
0: It is like three hours.
1: Oh, man. So it's going to yeah. be our first three-hour episode since <laughs> The Dark Knight.
0: I mean... Look, I want to say, I want to give a quick disclaimer on the Oscars. I said, maybe I've said it more than once, but I know I've said it at least once, that uh, the Academy Awards don't matter. I'm, I'm wrong. I was wrong. They matter. I just really don't agree with a lot of the decisions they've made. That's all. I, I overreacted, uh, as there. I tend to do here they're frauds they're frauds
1: like, what, what, can, what else can you say Um. also if you're looking for a good you know little bit of a quick podcast make sure you check out that sports movie draft that Zach did last week with Bryce Devin and Ryan that was so fun that was a lot of fun to listen to just a lot of wild cards being pulled out of nowhere Um, a lot of them and who ended up winning the uh, Twitter poll
0: I never, I never saw me and it's... Ryan tied how many votes were there like it was a tie it was uh, like 24 votes yeah you know (laughs) i think ryan look there's no doubt ryan had bot accounts working on his behalf okay there's just no doubt i want an internal i want an internal investigation here because there's no reason you could take there's there's just no reason you take the 2010 karate kid over the original and tie for first and in the poll there's just no way there's no way alex (laughs) you,
1: you know i don't think um i think more people are inclined to choose his side of the debate than the
0: you know, the oh, raging bull
1: side oh. I'm just saying you know I'm listen you know who, hey hey when you uh, when you posted the results in our group chat who did I say won the draft <laughs> you and Ryan so yeah it makes sense looks it like I was sense. a prophet I didn't even vote I abstained oh, I was gonna ask you about who you voted for no I abstained because I made the poll so That's I have I have two other Twitter accounts on my phone but I, I chose the in the <laughs> in the ethics department <laughs>
0: You know what? Good for you. I'm not even mad. Good for you. Uh, and also, I just want to give a quick call out to Bryce Shaddy. said he would win the draft easily, and uh, no. So, that didn't happen. Uh, Falcon Winter Soldier next week, the final episode, Alex. The finale. That's crazy.
1: Also, um, before we go, I would like to reiterate the threat I made on Power Hour, and I know this is going to be weird for the give cinema it. audience, because I, I don't do this, but for Dylan Hughes' book, okay, from one insult to another... All right, I made this threat on the power hour. I'm going to make it the same threat here. If you don't buy this book, it is $7.50 for a physical copy of this book. Or if you want any copy of this book, it's $5. I've you got my get copy. A, you could get a cup you could get a cup of coffee for $5. Zach Griffith, what I'm gonna do if these people don't buy from one young soul to another, I'm going to go into their houses. I'm going to take all of their right shoes. You're only <laughs> going to have left shoes. And listen. It's worth $7.50 to have all of your right shoes. I, I would say so. Wouldn't you?
0: Yes. Let me let me tell you. I've said this on Cinema and Battleground. I helped Dylan edit this book. So I have read it. I don't know. Twice, at least. And it was, it was a great book. Really insightful. Really unique perspective. You know, if you're listening and you're in our age group, recently graduated from college, trying to navigate your way through the early stages of real life, quote unquote. Check out this book. It's a great book. Like Alex said, only seven fifty. If you don't, he's gonna take your shoes. And say, right I'm, not shoes. Gonna, I'm not gonna stop him.
1: The right shoes. That's an important caveat because I'm not gonna take both shoes. I'm only gonna take one of each shoe.
0: Yes. Exactly. It's gonna be Which, really inconvenient for you.
1: Like and that's worth seven dollars and fifty cents, frankly. <laughs> in my opinion. <laughs>
0: Speaking of Dylan Hughes, Alex, Dylan Hughes, as I learned secondhand (laughs) through the power hour, has selected Parasite as his favorite movie.
1: Yeah, I probably should have told you about that, but
0: (laughs) I liked listening because it it didn't uh, I was not expecting it at all. Whenever my name gets dropped on other pods, I'm always like, what? Why? What? But pressure works. That's right. Yeah you pressured him that's what you did you pressured him and you're like what are you picking go on, let's go and it's, it's parasite so you know what great movie uh best picture winner rightfully so let's do it dylan let's do it so let's go
1: <laughs> i think this is a good time to wrap it up zach. <laughs>
0: <laughs> well folks uh thank you very much for listening and alex it was great to get back with you on- <laughs> thanks for having me zach <laughs>